This is episode 103 with the CEO of Oasis Senior Advisors, Tim Ivankovich. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. What's up, Freedom Seekers, and thanks for dropping into another episode. Today, I'm joined by Tim Ivankovich. Tim is the CEO of Oasis Senior Advisors, which is a franchise organization providing free resources to seniors and their families to help them find senior living communities such as assisted living, memory care, independent living. And this is a really unique franchise business model. This is such a good example of you know, amazing franchise concepts that are out there that most people are not aware of unless they really dig in and, and do some research. There's a lot to like about this business model. Comparatively speaking, this is a very low initial investment. This can be run as a home-based business. You know, the franchise owners spend the majority of their time getting out into the community and developing relationships. So like I said, unique model, a lot to like about it. Tim gives us a really good overview of the franchise opportunity, how Oasis supports their franchise owners and how their owners go about providing these valuable services to their communities. On top of all of that, this is really a feel good business. This is the type of business where Oasis franchise owners get to see every single day the positive impact that they're having for their communities and the clients and families that they're serving. So really glad to have Tim on the show to talk about Oasis Senior Advisors. With that, let's go ahead and drop into the episode. Hey, Path to Freedom listeners, thank you for dropping into another episode. Today, I'm joined by Tim Ivankovich. Tim, did I get that last name right? Perfect. All right, very good. So Tim is the CEO of Oasis Senior Advisors, so we're going to talk a lot about that franchise opportunity today. But, you know, Tim, before we take a, a dive into Oasis, why don't you just introduce yourself to the audience, tell us a little bit about yourself and... um you know, give us the 30,000 foot view on Oasis. Sure. And Wes, thank you so much for having me on today. Uh, excited to talk about uh, Oasis for sure. So uh, very simply, Oasis is a rural uh, placement agency. So what we do is we help seniors and their families find the right assisted living and memory care when is no longer the safest course of action. Um, our service is free to the family and senior doesn't cost them a dime. Uh, we're reimbursed by the community where we have our contract for that. So a uh, very straightforward business. Uh, it's a it's a very uh, feel-good business and a business that is in a in huge need these days uh, yeah. because so many families don't know where to turn when, 
living at home for their mom or dad is not safe and secure any longer. So we're, uh, we're that company to here to hold their hand through the process uh, and make them feel uh, like they're making a good decision where their seniors yeah. being placed. I love, I love this, this business model and it is such a needed service. Um, my first kind of experience in franchising was working for a brand called 101 mobility and they, they work with a lot of elderly clients as well in a slightly different capacity. They're, you know, putting things like wheelchair ramps and stair lifts and things like that. And so the, the focus is more try to keep people at home for a little bit longer, but, but to sure. do it safely. But, you know, through that experience, I really got some insight into, just how challenging, you know, these types of decisions are for families. Um, and so having a professional, but a professional that's really approaching it in a consultative manner, you know, working with the family and giving them some good guidance and advice, it's it's so tremendously helpful for, you know, families that are are going through these types of changes and and having to make these tough decisions. So um, and and we all know the, the way the population's aging. I mean, there's just going to be more and more people that are really needing the types of services that that Oasis is providing. Um, and then there's a lot to like about the business model itself, which we will you know get into as we talk today. But tell us a little bit about what you were doing pre-Oasis, because you've been involved with Oasis for for quite some time now. But even prior to that, I know you've got a pretty uh, a, a pretty tremendous background in franchising. So this is not the first brand that that you've been involved with in, in franchising. So share a little bit of your your background with us. Sure, happy to, Wes. And yeah, this is my 28th year in franchising, uh, about 32 or 33 in small business ownership overall. Uh, my first foray, uh, president of uh, the cleaning authority, residential house cleaning service, uh, and again did that for. Uh, residential house clean about 25 years, 20 of that in franchising. I uh, started with just a, a few local company-owned stores, started to franchise it in the mid-90s and uh, grew it to about when, when my partner and I sold about 190 franchises strong in, in 42 or 44 states, something like that. So I had a great run. Yeah. During the end of that, when we were realizing that after 25 years of cleaning toilets was probably enough, <laughs> uh, we decided to uh, start looking at some other opportunities. And, and this Oasis Senior Advisors kind of fell into our lap, to be honest with you. Okay. A friend of ours, through Franchise of all things, uh, came to us and said, hey, we've got this couple that's doing this business. They think it's got some legs to it. And uh, we just absolutely love the business um, because my partner and I, Steve Robinson at the time, tended to be uh, or wanted to be very philanthropic. Our opinion had always mm. been, as you've been blessed, it's important to give back. Yeah. And here was a business that that's all it does, yeah. right? All we yeah. do is help people. And so uh, loved it, uh, ended up buying the concept. And uh, uh, about uh, a year after we bought the concept, sold the cleaning authority, and I, then I bought my partner out of Oasis. So I own that solely on my own. So haven't looked back. And people always ask, you know, why from cleaning to seniors? And I said, well, you don't see the correlation between toilets and seniors. And uh, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's simple, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, again, great, uh, great background in, in franchising and, and love building, you know, love putting people in business, just like you, Wes, watching them become successful, filling out uh, their dreams and, and, you know, having a life that they never dreamed of. So we, uh, uh, it's a very gratifying, certainly franchise, not for just the end product of what we do, but still putting people in business. 
Well, it is, it is. And, uh, but I can definitely see your point where, you know, Oasis is just really that feel good business, right? Where it's, it's easy for your franchise owners to see the positive impact that they're having in their community and with the, the clients and the families that they serve. Um, and it's a business where you're really not selling anything, right? Like I, you mentioned this earlier, it's a free service to the families that, that your franchise owners work with. And so that's, that's appealing to a lot of people as well. You know, I've worked with many people over the years that certainly love the idea of being in business for themselves, but it's very important that they are in a business that kind of has that feel good and that, that doing good component to it. And, and I work with a lot of people that would not consider themselves to be salespeople and they don't want to be in a business where there's, you know, really any sort of a, you know, quote unquote, hard sales approach to it. And so sure. um, I know those are things that people find appealing about this type of business, but, you know, being in franchising as long as I have, um, you know, it's easy for me to see where someone like yourself, that's got all this experience building another national brand you know, coming into a, a concept like Oasis that was emerging at the time that you got involved, um, even though the businesses themselves may not have that much in common, the best practices in how to build a franchise organization the right way, I believe, are are common across really any type of franchise business you could could think of, right? And so I love seeing when, you know, founders of businesses, if they do want to get into franchising, and they don't maybe have that experience growing a, a franchise brand themselves. They're smart enough to bring in someone or, you know, even, even let themselves get acquired uh, by someone that has that experience and, and has that track record of doing it before. So um, to me, it all, it all makes a lot of sense. Um, so talk to us a little bit more about, you know, the, the Oasis business model itself. You gave us a, a good little overview, but um Talk to me a little bit more. What are the types of facilities that your franchise partners are networking with and working with and actually referring, you know, their clients or their families to? Sure. Yeah. And, and for all intents and purposes, Wes, the, the Oasis opportunity is a relationship driven mm -hmm. business, right? And our franchisees really build relationships in three distinct areas. Uh, certainly with our family and the seniors, which is our mission and focus of helping them, as we talked about, through this difficult and challenging time, right? But to your point, we also build relationships with our communities, assisted living, memory care, uh, sometimes independent living, uh, depending mm -hmm. on the, the health of the senior. And then we also work with residential care homes, which are just what it sounds like, a house that somebody's retrofitted to take care of seniors, usually yeah. two beds to 10 beds, something smaller. And so our, our advisors really build those relationships with the executive directors and the marketing folks to learn everything they can about that community, right? Not just level of care, but what does it cost? What are the amenities that you provide? And even most importantly, what's the environment, right? Every community seems to have its own unique environment. Is it more passive and sedative? Is it more active? Mm. You know, they do mahjong tournaments and karaoke on Thursdays and things like that. So yeah, yeah. You know, our, our advisors need to know these communities like the back of their hands so that they can make that effective referral and suggestion to the family, right? And, and when we talk to our seniors and families, we're always giving choices, right? We always give at least two or three, sometimes four or five choices to them. And those advisors are actually gonna tour 
those communities with the senior and their families. Okay. Um, because again, their whole role as advisors is showing them what are the pluses, minuses of this community, you know, positives, negatives, making sure that family is going to be able to make that right decision for their senior. Um, so that relationship is very important, but arguably the biggest relationship and one of the most important, as you alluded to, you know, we, we don't sell anything, right? Yeah. But in essence, what the franchisees and advisors do sell is themselves and it's to mm -hmm. their lead sources, right? What we affectionately call the geriatric professionals in their area, working within hospitals, skilled nursing facilities or rehab centers, working with doctors, discharge planners, case managers, social workers, clergy, department of the aging, estate planners, elder law attorneys, all of those in that realm that touch that senior and commonly are that last line of defense to say they should not be living by themselves. Yeah. And so that's where we come in working with them to say, when you've got a family in need, call me, I'm free. I don't cost you a dime. I don't cost the family a dime. Our service is free. Yeah. I, I could see that that side of the relationship development being so important in this business, right? Because if they can really do a good job, if the franchise owners can do a good job of developing these, you know, referral partnerships um, and, and earning trust, right? I mean, that's so important with, with what we're talking about here. I mean, you've got to trust the, the person that you're, you know, if you're a referral source, who you're handing, you know, this client or this patient over to, to take care of them through this process. Um, and I would, I would imagine that also makes a franchise owner's life much easier once they've done a good job of developing those partnerships, because they don't have to, you know, wake up every Monday and be like, man, I hope I'm going to have some people to talk to this week. Um, you know, they're going to kind of have a steady flow of people being referred to them if they've done a good job on that. So this really is a, a relationship business. Um, you know, as you're talking and, and I've made this connection before, I'm sure you've heard it many times, but you know, what your franchise owners do is very similar to what, you know, I do as a franchise consultant, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love what you pointed out about how, you know, franchise owners with Oasis, if they're really doing their job well, they have to get to know these facilities like the back of their hand. And, and there's more to it than just, oh, they provide the same services that match up with what this particular client needs. There's culture, right? There's atmosphere, I would imagine there's a, a financial component as well, right? Where they've got sure. to work with the families and make sure they're looking at facilities that are going to be within a budget that makes sense for. So you really do need someone that can spend the time getting to know who they're working with. And then, you know, through a methodical process, make some very intelligent recommendations. Um, so yeah, to me, sure. it, it makes a lot of sense. So talk to me a little bit about how the the business model is set up and what i mean by that is you know what is what does a franchise owner need in order to actually get started in this business because that's the other thing i know people find appealing about a business like this is compared to many franchises out there it's a pretty low overhead pretty lean type of business especially to get st started so what is what does that kind of look like what does a franchise owner need in order to even get this business going yeah, great question, Wes. And, and total investment for us is usually just under 100, depending yeah. on territory, because our territories are based on size. The bigger the territory, the larger the franchise fee. But, but franchise fees range anywhere from 40 or 45 to 60, 65, sometimes up into 70,000. 
um, and that'll creep it close to the total investment of, like I said, just right at 100, just under 100,000 total. So overall, low investment uh, for the potential return. And you're right, yeah. it's not a lot of moving parts, right? Not a lot of overhead. So uh, yeah, Wes, this is a, a home-based business, but again, they're not in their home a whole lot, right? right? Yeah. It's out beating the street, working with their lead sources, working with their communities, and certainly working with their families. Yeah. Uh, and arguably, uh, the communities are a customer, right? Even though intuitively we know the family is who we focus on and, and is you know really our, our mission for what we're doing, but the communities are the ones that pay us, right? So if we sure. place somebody in their community, they're going to pay us one month's room and care costs, averaging right now about $3,500 per placement to the franchisee. Okay. Um, that's how we get paid. So yep. building those relationships with the communities is a huge factor. Um, I'm getting them under belt and understanding what they're all about and how we can help fill their beds. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you pointed that out because I, I find that it's helpful to clarify this to some people too. When we talk about a, you know, a home-based business, in, in most cases, especially with a, a brand or a model like Oasis, that doesn't mean you're, you know, in your house all day. It certainly doesn't mean you're having client meetings at your dining room table or, or anything like that. I mean, it's clear to me that Oasis is the type of business you need your franchise owners to be very outgoing, very personable, you know, not afraid to get out in their community and just start talking about what Oasis does. And um, I would imagine that's where a lot of the initial value that that Oasis is able to provide to a new franchise owner comes in is just kind of giving them a playbook of like, hey, here's how to get started. Here's how to go out and start networking a smart way for this business. I mean, you rattled off like 10, you know, different possible referral sources in this business. And I'm sure there's plenty more that you could have mentioned. And, and I love a business where, you know, there's so much room for networking and developing relationships and you're not limited to just you know one or two kind of i guess channels of business because that tells me that you know with a business like this a franchise owner can build it into almost anything they want it to be but it's really going to be a result of how much time and energy they're willing to to put into it especially in the beginning yeah, absolutely. And and what's interesting too, and, and a clarification I like to make, because some have the connotation of when you talk about assisted living and memory care and, and things like that, of, oh, you know, these are smelly and, and stuff like that. Uh, furthest thing from the truth, because yeah. what we remember, you know, from our, our Sunday school days of going and visiting nursing homes, yeah. you know, we are private pay. So nursing homes are government funded. And that's for folks that have no financial wherewithal to be able to afford something nicer. Again, private pay, we're assisted living, memory care, the much nicer places. I mean, there are a couple of places down here in Southwest Florida. Uh, I'd like to put my name in the hat because that's where I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. are like Taj Mahal's, right? They're like There's living so, for rich, so. They're, Yeah, they're like, it's like resort living. I mean, uh, I'll make this quick, but a real quick story to, to back that up is we own a custom shelving, custom closet business, and we recently got a contract with a new facility that's being built and and you would probably know i guess what these types of places are actually called but you know the people moving in for the most part are moving into um uh independent living right but then they're moving in with the intent to stay there long term right so they've got the memory care they've got the assisted care i mean as as someone's health continues to decline 
they've got all the services there that they would likely need. Yes. Um, but we went and toured the place and it's still not quite finished, but my wife and I <laughs> at the end of the tour, were like, so what's, what's the minimum age to, to move in here? Like we would, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like we would, we would consider this, this is like, I mean, just really, really nice. Um, so yeah, there, it's very different than the nursing homes that, that we remember of old. So yeah, but there's, there's a lot of different types of facilities out there. I, I guess you guys call them communities and, right. um, you know, so it's, it's not what some people may, may be imagining. And, um, yeah, there, a lot of them are very high end and, and very, very nice. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about what types of franchise owners you have in Oasis today that do really well. Like what's your, what's your ideal type of franchise owner? Like, do they need to have a background in, you know, senior care or the healthcare industry at all? I mean, we've already kind of established that they need to be outgoing and and capable of going out into the community and developing relationships. But beyond that, is there anything specific that you guys really look for in franchise owners? Yeah, super, super question. And you'll be interested to know that it probably 75% of my franchisees have no background in healthcare. None yeah. whatsoever. We've got, you know, executives and and superintendents of golf courses, you know, <laughs> Fortune 500 guys all, all over the board, a couple of doctors. So, you know, certainly uh, having a healthcare background isn't crucial. Uh, but to your point, yeah, it's it's really about we talked about relationship building, but it's about having um, really a personality that is inviting to people. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And does some sales background help? Sure. Because you know how to ask that next question. Yeah. Say it wasn't, but that's not imperative as either because in essence, what we're selling Wes is ourselves, mm -hmm. right? We're going into these lead sources and say, Hey, trust me with your family. Right. So, yeah. you know, what our franchisees and advisors do so well is get people in that comfort level that if I give you one of my families to work with, you're going to take good care of them. Right. Yeah. So when we look for franchisees, right, these are folks that have that compassion piece. What I always like to say is I need two things. I need the heart of a champion, that mm. do whatever it takes mentality, I need the heart of a servant, right, mm. that wants yeah, to help yeah. people, wants to do right by people. And again, that compassion piece. So when we look for franchisees and, and folks that, that you talk to a lot, Wes, when you hear the words, you know, I want to do something that makes a difference. I want to do something that gives back. I want to be part of the fabric of my community. Right. I want to make a difference in people's lives. Uh, that's that's the first step. Right. And then, yeah. you know, just being uh, a warm person and, and uh, you know, personality is important. Doesn't have to be that bubbly effervescent. Mm -hmm. It just has to be one that makes people feel comfortable. Yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense. I would imagine that, you know, your your best franchise owners have a lot of empathy as well, um, because I, I would I from what I've seen, you know, working in, in the one-on-one mobility business, which is obviously different business, but dealing with elderly people, but the elderly people were not always the only decision maker or even the decision maker in some cases. Right. And right. you know, I, I can remember some instances where, you know, like our salespeople or consultants were having to, you know, kind of navigate these choppy waters of, well, grown kids are pushing for this but the actual end user, you know, their parent was like, hell no, I don't need a stair lift. I'm good, right. you know? And, and so I would imagine there's some of that for your franchise owners to navigate as well. Like I dread the day where, you know, I have to 
convince my parents that they need to move out of their house and and either downsize or go into you know some sort of uh, a community because you know th- they're going to push back, right? Oh yeah. Um, so I I would imagine just empathy and you know being able to to you know professionally but also in a in a caring way you know help the families that they're working with navigate that because it is it is a tough time but. Um, it's such a valuable service. I mean, you know, why why would a family want to try to figure all of this out on their own when they could work with a professional? Uh, it's it's no different than saying, hey, I'm in the house. I'm in the market for a house. And instead of trying to go find the house and do all the legwork myself, I'm going to bring in a real estate agent that I trust and and knows this market. Um, so I, I think it's similar that as well. So yeah. for for a franchise owner starting out, I mean, we've already kind of talked about low investment range. And, and just to kind of spotlight that real quick, to give the listeners some context, the the investment range that Tim mentioned earlier, that's definitely on the low end uh, across the board in franchising, right? I mean, you're going to be hard pressed to find any legitimate franchise business out there that you could get into for, for much less than you know what it takes to get an Oasis started. So that's appealing to a lot of people. A misconception that that I run into a lot with people is they they sometimes feel that maybe there's a correlation between how much money is required to start a franchise and what the earning potential is in that business. And and I know firsthand that that is not accurate. There are many franchise businesses out there that don't require much capital at all, comparatively speaking, but are still highly scalable businesses and can have an amazing ROI. And then, you know, throw on top of that, this is such a lean, low overhead business model where you have very few fixed expenses. Um, It it just makes the earning potential um, all the more. But as we've already established, franchisees got to put the work in, right? It's not going to happen automatically. So what is what is a franchise owner's time mostly spent on, you know, say in the in the first year or so, right? Because most of your franchise owners are coming in you know, with the the approach that this is kind of their full time focus, right? You don't really have franchise owners that are, you know, we hear the word semi absentee and some of these buzzwords in franchising. This is you really need someone that's got the the bandwidth and the interest in, you know, working this business pretty pretty much full time, at least in the beginning. Would you say that's that's accurate? Yeah, that's a hundred percent accurate. In the first two years, we want that owner to be totally engaged, you know, the, the 40, 50, 60 hours a week, building those relationships. And, and our philosophy of small business ownership, Wes, kind of looks like this, is you get into the business, you ingrain yourself in the business for the first couple of years. And then after you've been in business about a year, 18 months, you bring in that first employee, right? Yeah. Teaching them and training them to do everything you do. Yeah. So now you're able kind of to divide and conquer, touching twice as many lead sources every day, and communities working with twice as many families, all of that. And then every six to 12 months after that, you add another employee, keeping in mind that every employee that you add is going to back down your hours as Mm -hmm. an owner needed to work between five and 10 hours a week. So that over the course of four or five years, you've got three, four employees working for you and you're working your 15, 20 hours a week managing that group of professionals that basically are doing the lion's share of the work, having trained them to do what you do. That to us is what small business ownership should be all about. I couldn't agree more, right? I mean, every person I talk to, I mean, my my personal brand is path to freedom, right? And and that's because everyone that's considering business ownership, there's some component of freedom that they're searching for, right? Yeah. Um, 
and and that's the beauty of small business ownership when it's done right is that yeah it's probably going to require a significant amount of the owner's time in the beginning um a lot of hard work a lot of time but if you build the business correctly and you're building out a good team over time that you can delegate to that's when you start to get into the place where you're building a business that's you know to an extent working for you even when you're not working and and there's kind of this usually this nice uh you know transition point as a business owner where you realize one day hey I'm working less and less and less but the income's more and more and more right mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of this uh this flip-flop that happens at some point where the income kind of from the business keeps going up but your input as an owner at least from hours standpoint um, you know, starts to back off a little bit. Um, and it sounds like you guys have a really good playbook for helping your franchise owners figure out when is it the right time to start adding people to the team and then to keep adding people to the team. Cause that's a challenge for, for many small business owners. It can be tough to, you know, sometimes pull the trigger and bring on that first employee, you know, a, it adds costs to the business, but for a lot of, a lot of business owners, especially if they have put, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into the first couple of years of the business, it's just hard to let go. You know, it's hard to trust someone else. It, it really is. And, and you bring up another good point too, is, you know, when you bring on those employees, um, this is kind of a, a, a anomaly of, of this business, I guess. For us, finding quality employees is not as challenging as any other business I've been associated with. Yeah. Because just in our advisor's daily walk and our franchisee's daily walk, they meet people within these communities, within hospitals or whatever. And, you know, they build these nice relationships. And all of a sudden, one of them said, well, I'd love to do what you do. Yeah. And next thing you know, you have and they've got the right passion, the right heart, you know, to do all that. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I could see that. Nice I could see that. I would imagine it's easier for for your franchise owners with Oasis to find good employees and keep them than maybe it was for for the cleaning authority franchisees. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like you know? day. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it 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 makes sense that you know just in a franchise owner's normal, you know, day in day out, they're going to come across people that are maybe already kind of in the the healthcare or the senior care industry in in some way or another. Um, that look at what Oasis is doing and like, wow, that, that seems pretty nice. Um, I, I would love to be a part of something like that. So, so that's really, really good to kind of understand. Cause that, that's a concern that a lot of people have, right. Is, you know, For tough sure. to hire people and, you know, like I know, uh, and this is what I tell people I work with, cause especially now we hear a lot about how difficult it is to recruit, but it's like, whether it's now, whether it's 10 years ago, whether it's 10 years from now, I think the hardest part of any business is finding and keeping good people, right? It's probably always going to be one of the biggest challenges, certainly one of the most critical, you know, components of, of growing a business. Um, what else, what else should we, should we, uh, you know, make sure the listeners know about Oasis? What have we not hit on that, that you think would be valuable for the audience to know? Well, I think I think it's good to know of, you know, there's certainly some other competitors out there. And so, you know, what are our what are our differentiators? You know, what yeah. sets us apart from everybody else trying to do this? Not everybody else, but there's only a few of us out there. But, you know, what sets us apart? You know, what's different? And, and you know, truthfully, Wes, number one for me is is our franchisees. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We are, as you are well aware of what Oasis does, but 
we're very stringent and as who we pick as new franchisees. Um, we want to make sure it's a good fit for both yeah. sides, but you know, they've got to have that right mentality of what we're looking for. And so we can be kind of picky uh, to do that. So our franchisees uh, really are the differentiators, the number one there, they set us apart in what they do every day and how they build those relationships. Uh, so that's one. We also have our own proprietary software we've built in-house. Uh, we're the only one in the industry that has it. Yeah. And one of the coolest pieces of it is it has a matching technology that helps match the senior to the right assisted living or memory care. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it does a couple things. Certainly time-saving for the franchisee. Yeah. You know, as opposed to having to leaf through a loose leaf binder to figure out which communities work, the software is going to do it for them in a matter of seconds. Uh, but it also shows our lead sources and the communities that we are always giving choices, mm. right? And the battle cry in healthcare these days is patient choice. Mm. Well, again, we always give two, three, sometimes four or five choices, letting that family make the decision as to what's going to be best for them. So that that certainly is a good differentiator. And then our, our, our support, I'm biased since I own the place, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I've learned over the years that you're only as strong as your weakest franchisee and that strength yeah. comes from the support you give them. Right. Yeah. And so I, I task my part department heads regularly with the, what else, what mm -hmm. else can we provide? What else can we do? What else are we missing? Right. Whether it be marketing, Oasis IQ, technology, operational support, what do we need? to really put in their hands, whether it be resources or, you know, just phone calls, getting them up to where they need to be. So, um, I, you know, again, I'm biased. I think our support is second to none of what we do. Well, I can tell you, you've got an outstanding reputation, you know, in the franchising world. And, and you know, certainly there are a couple other companies out there that, that could be viewed as competitors. But you know, your reputation and, and your track record speaks for itself. But, you know, I'd like to I'm glad you mentioned those differentiators. And I just want to quickly highlight, you know, how important each of those things are. Right. I mean, the fact that you are selective about people you award franchises to that's helped you curate a phenomenal culture now amongst your franchise owners. And this is something I find people don't really think much about, at least in the early stages of researching franchises is the culture, right? And it's not just the culture, you know, between franchisor and franchisees. It's also that culture franchisee to franchisee. And when you've got a brand that has really created a culture of shared learning and best practices and, you know, franchisees being willing to help each other out and support each other, it is an absolute game changer. Um, especially to newer franchises <clears throat> that are coming into the system. So that's something that I encourage anyone I work with to look at very closely and, and try to really understand what is the culture like within this brand? And do I think it would be a good, a good cultural fit for me? Um, the technology piece is huge, right? I mean, some people listening may, may not put a ton of weight into that, but having, especially having a proprietary system where that you've built out to do exactly what you need it to do for your franchise owners, that goes a long way in making your franchise owner's life easier and allowing them to spend more time on the aspects of the business that they really should be investing their time in. So I love seeing that. And then um, the, I, I forget what the third part you differentiator you mentioned was, but oh, the support. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the support is, is key as well. Um, I'm curious, kind of along those lines, are there any, 
Is there any opportunity for for you guys to have developed any national accounts? Are there like national communities that that would be a fit for your franchise owners to to work with? And is there any opportunity for you guys kind of at the franchisor level to develop some relationships that you know maybe new franchisees could kind of step into? Yeah, super question, Wes. And yeah, uh, we have about 30 or 40 national and regional contracts oh, wow. already in place. We've got four of the top six largest, Brookdale Sunrise, Atria, Holiday, all international agreements. So our franchisees, when they buy a territory or awarded a territory, they'll walk into at least a handful of communities already under contract. Huge. So then it's just a matter of going and introducing yourselves. Hey, we're working yeah. with you. Tell me about your community. And that also means they can start working with families from day one because they've got communities yeah. in which they can refer. That's that's huge. I love that you guys are doing that. And that's, you know, there's just going to be more and more opportunity as more of these communities develop and as your footprint print continues to to expand across the country. And, you know, for, for those listening, that right there is is so massive. I mean, I could imagine that sometimes you talk to people with a business like this and like, yeah, it all makes sense, but I, I could probably just go do this myself and, and avoid the franchise fees and all of that. You know, to me, this is a no brainer, right? I mean, not only the playbook of like, Hey, here's how to get started, the technology, the, the marketing, I mean, all the training and support, but just the fact that you guys have all of these contracts in place. And even if it's a local place, you know, the guidance to a new franchisee to say, Hey, here's how you get the contract set up. Right. Because this is a feel good business, but your franchise owners are still in it to make money. Right. Uh, without yeah, the, your, I'm sorry. Wes, go ahead. I would say without the contracts with the communities, they could, I guess, potentially put a lot of work in, refer someone and maybe not get a payment on the back end. So that's I see a lot of value in you guys being able to, to help with that piece of it. Yeah, without question. And to your point, what's what's kind of interesting. Is, you know, with the communities that we have under contract and, and they walk in and, and can just start doing their, their work, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But also, you know, these individual advisors will still continue to build relationships with those that we don't have under contract. Right. So they've got to go out and, and, and build those relationships and get them under contract. But fortunately, most of them, grand majority, I'd say want to work with us because for them, it's all about filling their beds. Sure. It's all about census and making sure, that they have as many of those beds full as humanly possible. Yeah. Well, it, it makes a lot of sense for the communities, right? It's less money they have to spend on marketing and, and trying to get people in. And, you know, it's your, your franchise owners are bringing them qualified, interested people, you know, literally bringing them to the facility to, to do a tour. So it's really a, a win-win for everyone involved, right? For the communities, for the families, for the franchise owners. Um, it's, it's a great model. And, and I, I love, I love talking about these types of businesses because it's just not the type of franchise that most people are thinking about when they first start franchising. And, and one of my favorite things about what I do is just getting to help people really understand the full landscape of franchising and, and how many different types of businesses are out there. And that, you know what, you don't necessarily need you know, a, a three, four, five million dollar plus net worth to be able to get into business for yourself. There are opportunities where you don't need as much capital as, as you may initially think that you need, but yep. there's still great long-term opportunities to build a fantastic business. And and then there's franchises like Oasis too, where you just get to feel really good about what you're doing in, in the process. So um it's it's a fantastic business and um it's uh it's one that that 
I'm glad we were able to to have you on and, and talk about because I'm I'm sure a lot of people weren't weren't even aware that there were services out there. Um, so where is Oasis today? We're recording this in August of 2022. So where's where is Oasis today in terms of number of franchisees, number of territories? And then I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts and your vision for you know where you want to continue taking the company. Sure. Yeah, currently we are at uh, 114 territories, wow. franchises, 90 franchisees. So okay. we have a handful that obviously have multiple territories have started to grow and, and scale their business, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and so we're, I think we're in 34, 35 states at this point. Okay. So we've had a great growth run, right? We're just barely eight years old, youngest in the industry, mm-hmm. uh, but yet we're, we're about the second largest, second or third largest. So we're, we're growing at a great pace. And, and future, you know, Wes, my philosophy is this, you know, yes, we're going to continue to grow, adding two or three new franchisees per month. That's a great growth pace. allows me to build infrastructure underneath it yeah. to support our franchisees. We, again, we talked about is the key. Um, we'll start looking at, uh, at Canada probably in a, in a couple of years. Cool. I think will be an important uh, area to get into as well. But really, I'm not so much worried about how big we are as opposed to how strong we are. Yeah. Right. It's great to say, oh, we've got umpteen, you know, franchises. But and like I said earlier, you're only as weak, as strong as your weakest franchisee. So let's build something that's strong, not just something that's big, but strong. Yeah, it's it's in my mind, the right philosophy. Right. And, and you know, to the audience listening, you know, this is this in my in my mind, this is a really good time to get in with a brand like Oasis, right? I mean, you got an eight-year track record at this point, very solid foundation in terms of, you know, footprint, number of franchisees. You've got franchisees that are really proving out that if you want to, you can scale this into a big business, multiple territories. I would assume, you know, your franchisees that own multiple territories have pretty good sized teams at this point to to help develop all of that area. Um, but still a lot of great territory available across the country, I would assume with 114 territories sold. So there's still massive growth potential ahead. Um, and then on top of that, you know, a, a CEO and, and leadership team that's got phenomenal franchise experience prior to Oasis too. So to me, that's, that's kind of the recipe for like a really, really strong franchise opportunity to get into. And you and I have both seen, you know, these kind of flashes in the pan where a brand will sell 200 territories in a year. And then, you know, two years later, some of them never open, some of them are shutting down already. And it's not always the case, but, but to your point, growing for the sake of growing is, is typically not, you know, a great long-term strategy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So where can people learn more about Oasis, right? If someone listening maybe has a family member that they think these services could be valuable for, where can they go and see if there's a, a local Oasis franchise owner? Um, if they want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about the Oasis franchise opportunity, where where can we point people? Yeah, very simply, um, www.oasisseniadvisors.com. Okay. Uh, everything's on there. You can find our development page through that as well. And one last thing I'll mention to you too, Wes, you made a comment before about some people, hey, this is pretty simple. I could I could do this on my own. I welcome any listener that if you're thinking about doing this on your own, call any one of my franchisees and ask the question, knowing what you know today, Yeah. you ever consider doing this on your own? Yeah. 
It, it, yeah, it's such a good question. And and I know what the answer would be for many of your franchisees. It'd probably be a resounding hell no. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, think about it this way, right? I mean, because, you know, you, you get these comments, right? Well, oh, the franchise fees 50 or $60,000. I could save that. Yeah, theoretically you could, but then you're going to spend another year trying to figure out the business and get it started. You're going to blow through way more than that. Plus, there's just the opportunity cost of all that time that you've been working and putting energy and resources into building this from scratch and figuring it all out where you could have been making money all yep. along that time. Right. So you got to you got to look at both sides of it when when you're thinking about it that way. And, and when it's a good franchise that's set up the right way with, you know, a good support system you know, it's, it's invaluable, right? It just, it gives you the ability to run much faster um, is, is the way I've come to look at it. So, um, well, Tim, thank you so much for, for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to have you come talk about Oasis is such a great business and um, just can't speak highly enough of it. So um, I know that anyone who listens to this is going to get a ton of value. So I appreciate it. And, and thanks for what you're doing and, you know, building such a great brand and creating opportunity for, you know, people to get into a great business. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate the kind words. Great being with you today. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.